Historic events can shape the course of music. This week marks the anniversary of the Kansas oil boom when a well just east of Wichita struck crude in 1915. The El Dorado oil field turned out to be one of the largest known at that point, credited with being the reason we won the First World War and for making Wichita the air capital. Petroleum is maybe not the most obvious influence on music history, but I'll argue that nothing more important has happened to the culture of Wichita since. The oil boom was the literal and figurative lubrication of our town's growth. People and money poured in. Wichita's population doubled. Theaters like the Orpheum sprang up as quickly as the local refineries. National acts came to play in them, like John Philip Sousa and Louis Armstrong. But aside from the gusher of capital, oil changed our culture. Music comes from stories, and there's a uniquely American flavor to these new stories of boom and bust, rich and poor, oil barons and roughnecks. A lot of the blues came from mid-continent oil fields, and the new social freedoms of car culture drove the musical tastes of jazz age flappers and later rock and roll greasers. I think Wichita was a force behind some of my favorite American music. For KMUW, I'm Mark Foley. Some people like coon can, but I believe I like skin. Some people like coon can, but I believe I like skin. Because when my card fall out, I can pick out and play right back again. And this is Musical Space. I'm Fletcher Powell here with Mark Foley. Mark, oil! <laughs> oil! This is Black a, gold, Texas tea. <laughs> I admit this is not what I expected uh, to be talking about when you walked in the door, but um, I also didn't really know about this, this Kansas oil boom that you're talking about. This is really fascinating. It, yeah, my mind is kind of blown here. You know, I'm always like looking for topics, and uh, so I was just looking into Kansas history. And yeah, uh, I didn't know the local oil was such a big deal on the economy. Therefore, the music uh, that comes out of that economy. Uh, yeah, one of the largest oil fields ever known at that point. And I also didn't know that World War I was so reliant on oil that you know, maybe we would have lost the war or gotten out of the war if we didn't have all that oil to power it. Yeah, that's wild. Right? And uh, taking us way afar afield for just a moment and getting really dark, Kansas, uh, I guess, actually having, having a huge influence on world events around that time, both with, as you say, credited with possibly helping us win World War One, but also the Spanish influenza uh, originated in Kansas. You know, I, and then I didn't even know that. Killed wow. a whole ton of people just a few years later. Oh, no. Okay, there's another topic. <laughs> yeah, there's another topic, oh, so wow. go look into that one. Okay. Anyway, that wow. has nothing to do with what we're talking about right. today. It just uh, reminded me of that. But this listening list you brought along is super fascinating. I, you make a really good case uh, for oil's influence on music, and that's something certainly that I had never thought about, and it's it's really interesting to see. Thanks. Yeah, and and this got me into Texas blues because I'm you know we think of blues coming from the Mississippi Delta or or the Piedmont region or Appalachia, but uh, a lot of African Americans were working on oil fields in Texas, and therefore the whole mid continent, and a whole style of blues came from that, and we were listening to. Um, Oilfield Blues by Walter Davis. That was recorded in 1933. Um, 
Really cool recording because this uh, pianist, Roosevelt Sykes, uh, somebody you should probably know about if you're interested in the blues. He ended up moving to New York and really made a name for himself as an instrumentalist. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going get to get into uh, Texas blues here for a second. Um, I want to start with Blind Lemon Jefferson, a really interesting character. I thought he was just another you know, Southern blues guy, but yeah, he came from Texas. And they, they call him the father of Texas blues. And like I say, um, he, he comes from that culture of working on the oil fields. This is Oil Well Blues from way back in 1929. Oh, this is that gas pipe, warm and quivering. Warm, just like a mud And nothing, Mama, for you said at all. And nothing, Mama, for you said at all. But the Lord is done well, and it's long in all at all. And nothing I had you. Nothing to say, and nothing behind you. I ain't nothing there. This is fun so hard. Well, I do little farm every I'm alone. This is good. I don't we had Walter Davis with Oil Field Blues. We had Blind Lemon Jefferson with Oil Well Blues. Uh, we're moving on to Eddie Cleanhead Vincent and his orchestra with Oil Man Blues. Right? Yeah, you gotta like you gotta change the title so it's your own. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent has uh, problems. Um, holding on to uh, songwriting credit, as we'll get into. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's a really amazing cat, really interesting to know. Eddie Cleanhead Vincent, uh, he was called Cleanhead because of a, a hair dyeing incident where he lost his hair. Is that what it is? <laughs> right, okay. yeah, uh-huh. or that's the story yeah. anyway. Uh, but really amazing sax player and also singer and great songwriter. This is Oil Man Blues from 1947. He also went on to uh, play with a lot of really important jazz bands. John Coltrane played in his band yeah, for a right. while. Uh-huh. And uh, so he wrote some amazing tunes, including a tune called Tune Up, which uh, Miles Davis claimed to have written for himself. But <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. kind of how the business went back then. Yep. Um, you know, no disrespect to Miles, but yeah, yeah but come e- on. <laughs> Eddie deserves the credit on this one. Oil Man Blues from 
coming all drilling daddy And your ground looks very red I'm the best driller in these parts And I've the tools to work it with When you see me coming, baby I've got my drilling wrench Well, when you see me coming, baby I've got my drilling wrench Sort of sticking with the Texas blues, this one moves just a little bit. You've got Freddie King with Texas Oil. Right, yeah. we got to keep our kings straight because uh-huh. uh, yeah. there's B.B. King, there's Albert King, and Freddie King. Albert and Freddie both came from Texas. Uh, Freddie moved from Texas to Chicago, so he's kind of like the blues missing link. Um, and, you know, this whole push to electrify the blues, I think he took it way farther than anybody else. If you listen to, well, if you listen to the guitar playing on this cut, it's it's pretty amazing. And then within 10 years, um, he had completely electrified and mm-hmm. uh, done some just incredibly rocking stuff. I think of him as one of the forces behind rock and roll. Freddie King, uh, amazing. This, this is a tune called um, Texas Oil from 1962. <laughs> people think of when they think of like the idea of, of blue collar you know blues music uh, uh country music that sort of thing johnny cash of course yeah yeah it is, it's really interesting to see how this was marketed uh-huh. right because right. because he was uh you know singing he was the voice of the working man and uh, this is from an album from 1963 blood sweat and tears and he's He's pictured on the cover holding a pickaxe like he's a miner or something. He's looking pretty buff, too. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's a real worker. And on this album, you've got a nine-pound hammer. Uh You've got the Ballad of John Henry. I think Casey Jones is on that one, too. So this is all working man stuff. And so this is his oil man song from that album called Roughneck. Born to be a roughneck, I'll never amount to nothing. 
her shack about a half a mile from town. Papa was a driller on a wildcat crew, and my mama never was around. I learned to cuss when I was two, and fight when I was three. And by the time I was five, there was no kid alive could ever get the best of me. a little bit away from that style uh, uh i'm maybe a little surprised to see them just because I, I mean i certainly didn't know this song and, and this is not a group i would associate with this kind of uh idea this blue collar uh sort of thing but tower of power you've got on here oh yeah absolutely uh yeah there was a whole spate of energy crisis songs that came out aha uh, yeah and i'm old enough to remember when you know the price of oil got really you know, really expensive, really uh-huh. fast. Right, right. And uh, so I could have gone with any genre. There was a Jerry Reed song about, you know, not being enough gas. And um, anyway, uh, I wanted to get some funk in here because I'm always trying to do that. Uh, this is a tune called Only So Much Oil in the Ground from their Urban Renewal album, 1975. <laughs> my favorite song of all time oh 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 okay (laughs) yeah uh ricky lee jones last chance texaco uh from her debut album 1979 
I just can't tell you how much I love this song. It's it's just so sad and beautiful. It's a it's a lovelorn song, and it it takes a metaphor of of a a lovelorn woman as a broken down car on the side of the road. Um, there are so many you know double entendres and and metaphors in here. It's it's like she uses every single one she can possibly think of, and somehow it doesn't get old at all because the singing is so amazing. The arrangement is incredible. Uh, I I might start crying here, <laughs> oh my God. but this is called Last Chance Texaco by Ricky Lee Jones. A long stretch of headlights built into our night. We tiptoe into truck stops and sleepy diesel. Volcanoes rumble in the taxi, glow in the dark. Camels in the driving seat, a slow, easy heart. But you ran out of gas down the road, of peace. and then the battery went dead. Cave I won't reach. It's your last chance to check under the hood. Your last chance. She ain't sounding too good. Your last chance to trust the This one ain't fuel injected of love. 